Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stripe Pipe Podcast. I am your host and editor, Travis Steffen, and we have a lot to talk about today. But first, I want to go over the Bengals offseason workouts. And OTAs have just finished up. This last week was the final third week of OTAs. And the biggest headline around OTAs for the Cincinnati Bengals has been defensive end Carlos Dunlap not attending. And while he did attend this final week, it's been overblown. And I, I don't understand why everyone's freaking out about how Carlos Dunlap hasn't been at the first two weeks of OTAs. You know, it's a contract year. Is he going to hold out? It's nothing to worry about. Even Carlos Dunlap came out and said that he is not worried about the contract, which, of course, he's going to say. But the Bengals have expressed the, the wanting of to sign Atkins and Dunlap so I don't I don't think that this is something that fans should be worried about you know it's it's a busy time of year you got mandatory camp coming up this week for a few days and then you have a month over a month before training camp and that's likely when those contracts will get done if they're going to get done this offseason if not in preseason but that that is a over a month time period where there's nothing going on the team has been busy the players have been busy now is the time to get that done. But everyone's been freaking out about Carlos Dunlap not being there. It's not something to worry about. He's there now, and that, that was the big thing. Is he going to show up for mandatory minicamp? Well, he's already shown up for partial of the voluntary workout. So if Dunlap doesn't show up for mandatory, yeah, that'd be something to worry about. But as of right now, I am not worried about it. And there's been a lot coming out. It, you know, there's very little to be able to put out there and tell you guys about OTAs because the Cincinnati Bengals have been very uh, secretive on what they're doing. They're not allowing the media to tell anyone where anyone's lining up or what they're doing. You know, it's very secretive and it's very frustrating for Bengals fans because we want to know what's going on. What's with all these new players, these new coaches coming in, what's the offense and defense going to look like? And we're not going to really know that until training camp or preseason. But all in all, we've heard a lot of good things. We've heard about John Ross looking excellent and uh, impressing coaches, teammates. And we've heard a lot about what he's done this offseason, working with other players and continuing to do so. And you guys got to remember, John Ross wasn't able to participate in OTAs last year, so he's already ahead of the schedule for what he was last year. And I, I do I do expect a big season from John Ross to be opposite from A.J. Green. Uh, we've also heard about... Uh, Darius Phillips has shown some, you know, some pretty good stuff in camp. Uh, he jumped a route and intercepted a pass from Andy Dalton, so that's obviously good to hear from your fifth-round pick cornerback. I don't see him playing a big role this year, obviously, with your three-headed duo or trio, I guess. Um, Kirkpatrick, Denard, and Jackson are definitely going to be your top three guys. But I, I could see Phillips especially later in the year coming in for some maybe dime packages. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. I'm really interested to see how some of these guys look in preseason. But overall, we've only heard really good things about what's coming out of camp. And, um, you know, we've not heard much about Matt Barkley other than a couple tweets of him throwing at the feet of cornerbacks. So that's obviously not what you want to hear about your backup quarterback. Um Last time I checked, Logan Woodside hadn't even thrown a pass, so I don't expect him to be on the 53-man roster. And we put that out in our 
predictions for the 53-man roster when regarding the quarterbacks. But um, I would like to see the Bengals go out and try and find a different backup quarterback, someone that, you know, is a little better than Matt Barkley and his six starts that all came pretty much last year with the Chicago Bears. I'm not impressed by him. I don't think that he... I'm not, I'm not comfortable with him coming in if Andy Dalton were to go down, even if it was for a game against the Browns. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable that, you know, a sure bet that, yeah, they're going to win with Matt Barkley taking over under center. So I think they should go out. And I wrote an article about the, uh, the hype going around about uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And I know his injury, uh, he hasn't played in a real game since 2015. And he's looked really good in camps for the Jets. Um, and given their situation, I do see them likely trying to trade him probably in the preseason time when you know teams can see him actually play. But that is someone I would be interested in. I would definitely take Bridgewater over Matt Barkley. But today I want to talk to you guys about the Bengals... And when you look at their schedule from last year, and you look, you know, it's a seven and nine team, and obviously it should have been better. There's no doubt about it. It should have been better all around the board. You know, offensive line was awful. We knew that was going to happen going in when you let Whitworth and Zeitler leave in free agency. I think that was a huge mistake, and they severely paid for it. You look at, you know, the quarterback play, the running back play. You look at, you know, outside of A.J. Green, who was even a playmaker, really not anybody unless you were in the red zone and you had Croft there, who is good in the red zone but not as much between the 20s. The defense could not cause turnovers. They couldn't get off the field on third down. They couldn't stop the run. It was a mess. And you look at some of the wins from last season, and it really makes you understand or at least me it makes me understand why so many analysts are skeptical when it comes to the Bengals obviously there's a lot of question marks whether players like Ross and Eifert can stay healthy whether even Glenn could stay healthy you got a lot of new pieces on the offensive line and you know will Frank Pollock be able to solidify this offensive line in his first year Will the new offense under Bill Lazor be successful? Uh, new defensive coordinator Terrell Austin, will his defense be successful? There is a lot of question marks around this team. But it's not just those question marks. It's looking back at last season, looking at the wins that the Bengals did have, and they are not impressive. The only time that the Bengals won a game by more than a single score was against the Browns both times where they won 31 to 7 and 30 to 16. Other than that, every single one of their wins was in a one touchdown game. And a lot of them were 3 or 4 points. So I'm not and you look at the teams that they did beat. You know, the the Bengals went 1 and 5 against playoff teams last year. The only team that they beat that made the playoffs was the Buffalo Bills, who they played at home and won 20-16. That is not something to be excited about. So we need to see this team step up to bigger competition. Because I don't know about you guys, but let's, let's, look, let's look over here. you got the Colts, who have been nothing since Andrew Luck has been hurt. And all the crap around Andrew Luck. You know, the mishandling of his injury. 
they they brought in Brissett last year from the Patriots, kind of late going in, and I mean he was their starting quarterback. They have done nothing but be at the bottom of the AFC South. This whole you know since Luck has been gone, that is not something to be bragging about. Yeah, we beat the Colts. We beat them twenty four to twenty three. And when you look at that Colts game, you look at Mixon led in rushing yards. He had 18. He led in receiving as well with 91. But after that, the next highest was Croft with 46 and LaFell with 44. The Bengals fumbled four times in that game, losing two of them. And the offense wasn't even the only... The Cincinnati offense didn't outscore the Colts offense. It took Carlos Dunlap getting an interception and returning it for a touchdown to secure that win. So beating the Colts by one point, absolutely not impressive. You go back to that Bills game, 20-16. to 16, You know, Andy Dalton threw for 328 yards, but he also threw two interceptions. Mixon on the ground only ran for 51 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Green had a phenomenal game. He had 189 yards on seven catches. He was also targeted 13 times and fumbled the ball once. The defense in that game is what held it together. Six sacks, 10 for a loss, and an interception. So you, you got another another game where your defense kind of carried you. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle that game for Andy Dalton. Yes, he had 328 yards. Green had 189. That's a good game, aside from the two interceptions. Then you look at the Broncos. Who they beat 20 to 17. Andy Dalton threw for 15 for 25, 154 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, if you're getting the touchdowns, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, you're getting good field position. The running game wasn't really there either. 26 for 49 yards. Okay, so you're looking at a team that their defense has been slowly deteriorate deteriorating since they won the Super Bowl. Now they've also lost to keep Tlaib, but they've lost pieces all along that defense since losing the Super Bowl, and each year it's gone down. And then you talk about their offense. The Broncos couldn't even figure out their quarterback situation last year. You had Osweiler in there for a while. You had Lynch try and come back for a game. You had Trevor Simeon playing for a little bit, all three of which are nothing more than a backup quarterback. But your defense held its own, only allowed 17 points. But the fact that the Bengals could not put up more than 20 points in that game is a little frustrating. So the Broncos, another team that, you know, bottom of the AFC West, not a very impressive win. You know, so the only wins that were actually impressive were at the last part of the season. In week 16, week 17, when... The Bengals knocked the Lions and the Ravens out of the playoffs. That is impressive. Okay? We saw a different kind of offense in that game. And I think, and I keep going back to it when I try and talk to people about what what, what should we expect from Bill Lazor's offense this season? Because no one's coming out and talking about it. We we aren't allowed to even know where players are lining up. It's It's a huge question mark. And the, the only the closest thing I can give you guys is go back and watch those week 16 and week 17 games because the offense played completely different from the rest of the season. Everyone was firing on all cylinders. Andy Dalton was 
playing more in the shotgun role and playing a hurry-up offense, which he does excel at. This offense should be built around Andy Dalton and shotgun running a fast-paced offense. A lot of short routes and then spreading it vertical. Your running backs will thrive playing out of that shotgun mode. Jeremy Hill was the only running back that would thrive running behind a fullback in an I formation. Okay, you got guys like Mixon, Mixon and Bernard, and even Mark Walton. Your third, your you know your fourth overall pick, or not fourth overall, but fourth round pick. All those guys will succeed in the shotgun. And if Bill Lazor is trying to build this offense around Andy Dalton, giving him one last shot to prove that he can get the Bengals over the hump in a playoff win. But right now, we got to focus on just getting back to the playoffs. If we see an offense that looks like it did in Week 16 and 17, I'm feeling a little more comfortable about it. And I'm hoping that that's exactly what we see. And you add to that offense, you add better offensive linemen and Cordy Glenn and Billy Price. You add better playmakers coming into the season healthy with Tyler Eifert and John Ross to complement A.J. Green. You utilize your running backs properly. I cannot emphasize that enough. Using them properly, actually running the ball. They ranked 29th in the league in rushing attempts last year. You have to get that run game going if you're going to open up the pass. There's a lot of things that can make you excited about this offense. But I have to see them do it. Like most Bengals fans, we have to see them do it. And we, you know, we're so used to getting excited over the offseason and then just regular season gets here and it's just a disaster. Or we do really well in the regular season and then just crap out in the playoffs. So we do need to see it be done. I need to see them beat better teams let's look at some of the player or the teams that they faced and lost against you know the first two weeks before we fired our offensive coordinator we didn't score a single touchdown against the ravens and texans we couldn't beat the texans who only scored 13 points okay we lost to the the packers in week three by a field goal that arguably we should have won then you win against the browns no one cares you went against the Bills in a close one at home. Still not impressed by the Buffalo Bills, a team that was had a winning record and benched their quarterback to try out Nathan Peterman, who threw five interceptions in one half. Okay? Not something to be impressed about. The Buffalo Bills got into the playoffs, and they're the only team playoff team that the Bengals beat and the only reason they got into the playoffs was because the Bengals beat the Lions and Ravens at the end of the season so it's not something to be impressed about talk about losing to the Steelers twice losing to Jacksonville Titans Broncos you got dominated by the Bears 33 to 7 and then the next week got dominated by the Vikings 34 to 7 so there's a lot of reasons why we should still be skeptical. Now, there's definitely reasons to be optimistic as well. So you can kind of pick your poison. And I definitely think that this team is a better team this year. And I think that they are a, are better than a 7-9 team. I could see this team going around 10-6. I could also see this team going around 7-9 and nine again. 
which is really frustrating. But we have to see these pieces develop. What will Frank Pollock do to this offensive line in his first season? The last four seasons, the Dallas Cowboys have had a top five offensive line. I'm not expecting him to bring Cincinnati a top five offensive line already. I could definitely see them being in the top half of the league. And even right there, that'd be a huge improvement after ranking, I think it was 28th from Pro Football Focus. So I will gladly take a middle-of-the-pack offensive line this year, especially adding Eifert and Ross to the mix, a new playbook built around Andy Dalton. But I need to see them beat teams that are actually good opponents. I need to see them beat good teams, playoff caliber teams. Okay? I need to see them beat teams like the Broncos who have been struggling. Or the, you know, we beat the Colts. Woo. I need to see a bigger margin there. The fact that they had one game out of their wins, or two, and they were both the Browns, where they had more than a one touchdown lead at the end. I need to see more. That's why I am not fully diving in. I'm not I'm not backing the Bengals 100% this year. Until I see some of these question marks unravel, until I see what the offense and defense are going to look like, sure, I think that they have the potential. I think they have the potential to be a high playoff caliber team. I think they have the potential to win a playoff game for the first time since 1991. Absolutely. But a lot of pieces have to come together for that to happen. A lot of question marks have to prove successful. And that's what we are left with right now. With the team not putting out much information, we are left with a lot of question marks. We have a lot of a lot of players that have injury issues. We have Vontes Burfecht being suspended again. I need to see, I need proof on the field that this team can put up numbers on the offense. A team that ranked 32nd in total yards average per game last year. I need to see a much better offense this year. I need to see a defense that can force turnovers. Only having 14 turnovers last year is not good. And that is something that Terrell Austin is going to bring this team. An aggressive front seven and turnover machines in the secondary. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know, am I being too down on the Bengals? Or am I rightfully so? I think the Bengals need to prove that they can beat better teams. And that starts in their division. I think the Ravens are going to be better this year. I think Flacco's got someone behind him now, and he's gonna—he's actually got wide receiver weapons for the first time since a couple years ago. I think they're going to be a better team. they got all their defense back. I think the Steelers is a toss-up. But if we all know anything about the Steelers, I expect them to be better, or at least what they were last year. So... It starts with beating Pittsburgh, a team that Cincinnati has really struggled to beat inside their division. They don't have to win the division to get into the playoffs, but that would be the first step, is beating Pittsburgh. Can they do it? That's all I got for you guys today. Let me know what you guys think over at Stripe Hype on Twitter and Facebook. Let me know what you guys want to hear about. If you guys aren't big into social media, you can email me at stephannfl at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys think. What, what are your projections for?
for this year's Bengals? What do you project for just the offense and defense? What do you expect for an overall record? Who do you expect to be the breakout players? Do you have any hot takes? Let me know. Let's talk about it. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. We will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.